human beings. This intro is going to be a little unorthodox for the podcast because I just wanted to introduce myself in this first episode so that you have a base understanding of who I am, but you'll also get to know me and all my quirks throughout the show. So my name is Tori, my pronouns are she, her, and I have one child. I am a birth doula, reproductive justice advocate, and podcaster. I am a mother to my daughter, Yamaya, and dogs, Sergeant Tibbs and Wednesday Adams, and I am happily and lovingly partnered to Yamaya's father, Joseph. In introducing Coffee with Parents, I wanted to address a few things right off the bat. I want to set intentions for this podcast, create appropriate expectations for listeners, and begin the trust-building process by planting Coffee with Parents roots right here in the vulnerable yet safe space of this first episode. My intentions for this podcast will likely grow, flourish, and unfold over time, but right now, in its infancy, my intentions are this. To envelop and hold every family in safety and joy inside my womb. To see families thriving. To eagerly explore all the fascinating facets of families. To shine a bright, colorful light on the kaleidoscope of parents and families that exist in this world. To dig deep. To have big belly laughs. To embrace ugly crying. I want to create community, however unconventional it may look. I want to spread hope, inspiration, joy, and love. I want to find hope, inspiration, joy, and love. I want to bring light to the shadowy spaces of parenting. I want to talk about sex, finances, pregnancy, birth, postpartum stories, body feeding, feeding beyond our bodies, child-rearing styles, reproductive justice, disparities in families between race, income, access, and taboo topics. I want to talk about parenting fuck-ups and glow-ups and ups that feel like downs and downs that are looking up. Let's talk divorce. Let's talk careers. Let's talk politics and religion. Let's agree. Let's disagree. Let's debate and laugh and actively parent and inject caffeine into our systems and forgive and give grace and love, 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 love. Let's love. Let's give love, let's receive love, let's speak in love, let's listen in love, let's act in love, let's be open to love, let's be radically vulnerable and radically deep and radically honest. Let's not shy away where we have strength or push ourselves where we need more time to heal. Let's have deeply medicinal healing conversations. Let's dive unabashedly into our childhood traumas and joys and the ways our parents contributed to that. Let's feel into our bodies and listen with our infinite wisdom, our inner knowing. Let's listen to our bones. Let's listen to our blood. Let's listen to our right shoulder. Let's listen to our left hip. Let's listen to the backs of our necks. Let's embody the present moment together. Let's drink some coffee. One thing you may notice on Coffee with Parents is that unless I'm referring to myself or someone I know who uses a gendered pronoun, gender neutral language will be used over heteronormative language. This is because not everyone or every parent identifies with the sex or gender they were assigned to at birth, which is only based on a physical outward genital presentation. These people exist and are valid and will be acknowledged, not excluded, on this podcast. I'd also like to acknowledge that I, myself, am a white, cisgendered woman in a hetero-passing relationship with one healthy child. I hold some privileges that may not always be comfortable for parents of color, non-binary parents, single parents, trans parents, gay and lesbian parents, parents of children with special needs, 
parents of children with terminal illness, prospective parents in the conception process, and other parents with less privilege than I who are often oppressed, marginalized, and or erased by society. I am here, and I am showing up, and I'm attempting to use my privilege to dismantle systems that oppress people, however imperfect that may look. Not doing it perfectly is not an excuse not to do better. To quote Brene Brown, I'm not here to be right, I'm here to get it right. There are disparities in the way we conceive. There are disparities in the way we adopt. There are disparities in the way reproductive health is accessed and managed. There are disparities in the way we give birth. There are disparities in birth outcomes. There are disparities in the way we feed our babies and children. There are disparities in the way our parenting is policed. I'd like to take this moment to acknowledge that those disparities are largest between black families and white families. This is not a coincidence. Our current societal system was built upon a foundation of patriarchal white supremacy. White, economically privileged, religious, male enslavers wrote the laws and built the systems that currently stand today, which is why passively denouncing these systems does nothing but continue to uphold them. The only way out of these systems is to actively pick them apart brick by brick and rebuild. Without a radical abolition of some sort, it's not something that will likely be dismantled in our earthly lifetime. It will take more than a few decades to undo centuries of oppressive systems. Oppressing black people is a problem white people have, and we're responsible for fixing it. This comes with unwavering accountability and commitment and deep-rooted knowing that black people and families have a divine right to thrive. I ask guests to come as they are. No expectations of feeling great and abundant and confident, only that they feel safe and like they can handle being on a podcast at the moment. You may not always hear people on their best day or in their best moments, and that's okay. It's part of the rawness and realness, and there's magic in the space of authenticity. So these are your terms and agreements. As you move forward with this podcast, this is your hereby, heretofore, fine print, legal jargon, please don't sue me, this is what you're signing up for, red inked, totally responsible for, and accountable to, subject to change, expectations, and community agreements set forth by Coffee with Parents. So as you listen, listen in love, hear with your heart, and enjoy Coffee with Parents. That's it for now. Let's proceed to the intro you'll hear on each episode moving forward, which will always reiterate my intentions for this podcast. Thank you and welcome to the first ever episode of Coffee with Parents. Hey human beings, I'm Tori and I love coffee, but more importantly, I love families. Coffee with Parents eagerly explores all the fascinating facets of families. This podcast seeks to shine a bright, colorful light on the kaleidoscope of parents and families that exist in this world. I aim to speak with single parents, queer parents, adoptive parents, parents of children with special needs, parents struggling with addiction and mental illness, a full spectrum of families around the world. We will dig deep, have big belly laughs, embrace ugly crying, and sip that sweet caffeinated cup. Listen and love, hear with your heart, and enjoy Coffee with Parents. Here is a content warning for the episode. This episode does vaguely address cesarean sections as this particular guest has had four of them. So if the mention of C-sections activates your central nervous system in a way that makes you feel unsafe, 
be aware that it is mentioned, but only vaguely and not in extreme detail. Apart from that, the content of this episode feels relatively neutral. If you ever feel you need a content warning that wasn't given after listening to an episode, you can always write in to Coffee with Parents at cwppodcast at gmail.com. Hi! <laughs> How are you? I'm hanging in there. Yeah? Yeah. How's quarantine treating you guys? Uh, How, like, locked down are you guys over there in North Carolina? Well, we've technically been in safer in place mode since Friday, March 13th, and it was a full moon. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) naturally. Naturally, yes. So, we've been in. Safer in place mode since then. We haven't gone past phase three, which means basically essential businesses are the only things that are allowed to be open. Mm-hmm. And that has been, wait, we're at Amelia's 41 weeks. So that's 43 weeks now that we've been in safer in place mode. Yeah. More than a gestation. So, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That's what I, that's, yeah, that's what I tell my students all the time. It's like, this is longer than making a baby. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Right now we are back into a phase of where it's like, if you don't have to go to the grocery store and you only do delivery, that's what you need to do. If you basically only going to work, only Mm -hmm. essential activities, but I've kind of deemed my studio space as an essential part because of mental health and physical without it teenagers would have nothing and I've considered being child care so the parents can have one hour a week of time to themselves so that they have some sort just a mental health break that's really what we need right now so totally yeah yeah <laughs> totally so that's what we've been doing and then I'm working at the preschool with all three of the kids Amelia Harvey and Judah they're all in the preschool program and then Ben is in the remote learning and then two days a week he goes to in-person school so because in-person schooling is still, it's it's not on the the list. It's on the list of essential activities mm-hmm. that we're allowed to do. So that's one thing that's, yeah. Yeah, so. that must be nice. I know not every district is doing that. I know everyone's handling it differently, but. Yes, and our state yeah. has decided that they are leaving it up to each, um, each county. So some mm-hmm. counties around us have been open the entire time, but this week is the first week that third, fourth, and sixth grade get to go back. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. <laughs> so I'm going to start off with asking, um, well, I did already ask a question about quarantine, but that doesn't count. <laughs> um I'm going to start with a question that is something I plan to start all of the interviews with because this is called Coffee with Parents, and you don't have to be sipping coffee, and you really don't have to be sipping anything, but I'm going to ask, what are you sipping today? I am sipping an Appalachian Mountain Cidery, a scarlet rose, hard (laughs) cider with cinnamon, hibiscus, plums, and rose hips, and it's gluten-free. There you go. That sounds amazing. (laughs) It is delicious. Let me tell you, it's very nice to sip on after a long day. Nice. Well, normally my plan was going to be to drink coffee with all these interviews, but we're recording this in the evening, so I don't want to stay up. And then my mother-in-law made me a cocktail, so I'm drinking a rum cocktail. Yes. (laughs) Rom is gorgeous. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) One of my favorites. So how old are all of your kids? Eight and a half, 
four and um yeah almost five and just turned three and then 10 months Whew. and yeah. it's so that in for a moment um <laughs> yes yesterday i wore my shirt that had mom and then it had the four on it Oh my gosh. Yes. And people Four. are like, bless your heart. Because that's the southern thing to say. Oh, bless your heart. And they're like, are you trying to be nice? No, you're really not. You're just being like, why did you have more kids? Like, I don't know. That's... I love kids. And I just kept going. <laughs> you're like, I don't recall asking you. But um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, there's a doula who is from the south. And she has spoken about that specific term before, bless your heart, how it's a little like condescending sometimes. Uh, yeah, it absolutely is. It's, it's not, it's not a sweet thing. Not at all. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so far, what is your favorite phase of development that your kids have reached? Oh my goodness. I... I mean, I love the six-week age because then I feel like I've finally gotten to learn their routine, and I just love squishy babies. That's probably why I keep having babies because I love squishy babies. Yes. <laughs> really, like six weeks is my yeah is my absolute favorite, and then I would have to say, I know it's crazy, but three. <laughs> I, I know because they start <laughs> many teenagers, but you can kind of start reasoning with them and they start talking and they start developing their own little personality even more. And it's kind of like you see into their future of who they may be destined to be like. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's really fun to see. Oh, so, yeah, that's sweet. Three so far. Yeah. Hmm. I know I love the newborn phase too. that like those first, you know, weeks, months, <laughs> sort of yeah, one of my favorite. Yeah. Already my daughter is a year and a half and I'm like, oh, I could use a newborn. That would be fun. <laughs> real, real, real quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Um, okay. So you own a dance studio. Yes. And it's called Juxtaposition Studios. Juxtaposition yes. Studios. Wonderful. And your husband is well, he's a nurse. Yes, yeah, he's in a nurse. Military. Okay. So he has a civilian nursing job. And he works at one of the teaching hospitals here in North Carolina. But on Tuesday, he's getting activated with the Air National Guard since the governor has activated all of the National Guard, the Army, and the Air Guard for the state. And so he will be gone from Tuesday until March 31st to administer the COVID vaccine. And he'll jump from different counties within the state, wherever they need that within different health departments. So making gotcha. sure that they get that out and rolling. Wow. Yeah. That is an important job that both of you have. You're like in charge of your community mental health. And he's like in charge of all our physical health. I'm just like, wow, you guys are a fancy couple. <laughs> um, so with you guys having so much on your plates with your mm -hmm. careers and everything, how do you manage all of that with four kids and the two of you? And like, how do the two of you find that balance? I'm in charge. <laughs> basically I mean I'm I believe that yes. <laughs> and I mean everything is pretty much scheduled almost down to the minute of where everybody needs to be on that calendar and and I make sure that where I am 
and where people need to be follow that calendar. Oh, it's not pretty. It's not pretty at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> Matt's constantly, you know, saying, oh, I, I, I don't know if I can do, you know, X, Y, and Z unless I talk to the boss, you know, the ruler yeah. of the calendar. So, yeah, it, it's literally my Google Calendar is how everybody lives. Hey, yep. somebody's got to do it. Yeah, and it, it helps with <laughs> my sanity because if I didn't have, yeah, I mean, I still sometimes don't even know what day it is. And I have to go back on my calendar and go, where am I supposed to be next? Who am I supposed to go? Where? Right. Yes. Because we also have a one of my students in my preschool room who comes home with us every day as well. And we keep her until around 530-ish. And our sitter comes over and watches her as well. So, yeah, there's mm -hmm. all these, like, just inner weavings of things. But at least I've, I've been fortunate enough to narrow it down to having only one sitter. Mm -hmm. And she's my next-door neighbor. So, it's it's, it's lovely. Great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Has your marriage changed from having one kid to now four kids? Oh, man. Yeah. Yes and no. That's more grumpy. a lot more but I think the biggest thing is just the financial aspect of everything I mean mm -hmm. I mean it really is going from one kid to two kids is hard very hard because then you're yeah that was one of the hardest things that we've ever done is going from one kid to two kids but adding that third kid and then fourth kid is kind of like what's one more yeah. I mean, really. And that's why it was, you know, when we brought in a kid from my preschool, I was like, hey, what's one more? You know, that's five kids. And then my sitter's kid, that's six. Yeah, whatever. You know, on a snow day, I got, you know, six kids over here. And then our other kid across, you know, our friend across the street who's in our pod, you know, he comes <laughs> over and yeah, yeah. What's one more? Um, totally. Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, it's said, if there's like a saying, I'll probably say it wrong, but that having two kids is like having 10 kids, but having three kids is like having five kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I get that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because then, you know, the, the bigger ones, you know, can help with the younger ones. Like right now, you know, the, the two middles are sleeping and the oldest and the youngest are awake. I don't hear them, but maybe, I don't know, maybe they both fell asleep, which would be great. Yeah, because you have people, you know, ones who are able to play with the next child and they can, you know, they can help keep yeah. them occupied. They can keep each other occupied, especially if they're closer in age, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Do you follow any specific child-rearing philosophies or anything like that, like attachment parenting or Montessori or, you know, all those things? Uh, pretty much go with the flow. <laughs> um, <laughs> keep them alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I would say more of, I mean, I don't know what – genre it would follow but you know just baby led on a lot of things you know I mean like if, if the baby wants to be held I'm gonna hold the baby you, you yeah. know it's like I'm not gonna let him sit and scream all the time you know mm -hmm. and it's you know feeding on demand and all that you know it's just it, it's more of baby led yeah and that makes babies. Sense. and then we probably start expecting way too much of the kids once they become two it's like why are not you know why can't you speak yet <laughs> so, yeah, i mean we do have high expectations and there's the rules to follow but i don't think we follow anything really 
mindset. We try yes. to do better than what our parents did. I mean, they try to do better than what their parents did. You know, it's just yeah. a cycle. So. Totally. How does your parenting differ, if at all, from your parents' parenting? <laughs> um, I'd like to say that I'm a mixture of both because my dad was super harsh and my mom was super passive and just, you know, so sweet. Couldn't, you know, no one could do any wrong. You're my little baby. And so... <laughs> I try not to do that too much, you know, and I don't try to be mm-hmm. too harsh on them. But yeah, I, I'm hoping that I'm more of in in the middle balance of both. Yeah. Medium. <laughs> we'll see what they say when I get when they get older. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think your parents would describe your parenting style if they were asked? They think I'm the perfect parent and that I do such a great job with my children. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they do. They tell me all the time. They're like, you're such a great mom. I mean, like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, thanks. I don't feel like it, but thanks. Because <laughs> I constantly feel like I'm failing. Oh. Just because there's, you know, 100,000 things always going on. But yeah, they're alive. They're fed. They're housed. Yeah. They're, yeah. Loved. they're loved. Yep. There's not too much more you can ask from the <laughs> like, <laughs> we're all just doing our best here. <laughs> Did you enjoy being a kid when you were growing up or <laughs> no? No, Dude, me neither. <laughs> I know. So many people right now are saying, oh, I wish I was a kid right now. And I said, no, I do not ever want to go back to being a kid. I am sorry. I would take this, you know, over again, you know, even with all the crap that we have to deal with right now. No, I much rather be an adult and, you know, dealing with finances. Yes, it's stressful. And and dealing with keeping humans alive, it's stressful. But no, I, no, I do not ever want to go back to being a kid. I, no. And, and it's not like I had a crappy childhood. I just, I did not like being a kid. I did not like not having the freedoms to make my own decisions because I was too young to make those decisions for myself. Yeah. I, I, as long as I could remember, I always wanted to be a mom and I always wanted to be grown up. So yeah. Yay. You, you accomplished your dreams. Um, yeah, I think I'm there with you for sure, especially like even when I was a kid and people would say that like, oh, you're so lucky you're a kid. You don't have to worry about this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, um, I don't feel lucky. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll feel what, like, I'll see what they're saying when I get older. Right. And I got older and I'm like, nope, that totally sucked. (laughs) And uh, I'd much rather be an adult. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Every day, yeah. Are there any parts of childhood that you miss or parts that you wish could have been left out? Um, parts, parts that I wish that would have been, I don't, well, not really left out, but I think that I wish that paths would have gone differently. And I wish I would have put more effort into becoming an adult rather than just kind of waiting to be, become an adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, growing, we just didn't have much growing up, so it wasn't, there wasn't really anything elaborate. So, you know, mm-hmm. if, if we could just cut out all of childhood, it would have been fine. <laughs> Honestly, get right to the point here. <laughs> right, just like let's just get to to being an adult and being married and having my own life. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. I would just cut out childhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Is there a certain way that you have approached or plan to approach topics surrounding sex, gender, and relationships with your kids? Thank you for listening to Coffee with Parents. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, I'd love to hear from you. I love to hear from all types of parenting experiences, including experiences of loss such as miscarriage or abortion, step parents, surrogate carriers, adoptive parents, foster parents, people who parented their siblings, and more. All parent and family types are welcome, encouraged, and accepted and embraced on this podcast. Please email us at cwppodcast at gmail.com if you have something to share. Is there a certain way that you have approached or plan to approach topics surrounding sex, gender, and relationships with your kids? Well, it's kind of letting it organically evolve into whatever it is. Because, I mean, we don't, we've always said from the beginning that we're not going to place, you know, any type of gender, any type of race, nothing like that within their, like in their heads. And and I've been told multiple times that I've, that I'm a horrible parent by doing that. And I was like, well, I didn't understand that I was doing that wrong. So I, I don't know which is right, which is wrong, but I mean, when questions arise, we go with it. But I was also asked when Harvey had an evaluation for his speech and they were like, well, does he know that he's a boy or a girl? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, do you want to ask him? Because I was like, I don't know. We talk about things being anatomically correct, but you know, and what they look like, but like you know from Matt being a nursing point of view yeah I was like I don't I, I don't know ask him ask him what he <laughs> you know and yeah you know? so yeah he was yeah like, no <laughs> like there you go there's your answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I know and people do get so intense about how to handle that kind of stuff and I mean right. The answer is that there isn't really a right way. I mean, there's a couple wrong ways, but (laughs) but there isn't really like one right way on how to deal with that. But I mean, it sounds like, you know, your parenting philosophy kind of, like you said earlier, is like child led. So it sounds like you're just kind of going with what they ask or what they want to know or you know right I don't know sounds good to me (laughs) being in the south things are different I mean even though we're in more of a it it just like more of a liberal state but you have more different pockets of just you know people seeing differently than what you do and I and I've always been everybody and everybody it you know it it doesn't matter and and that's why people come to my studio is because of that Mm -hmm. and because everyone is accepted no matter what and some people don't understand that and I'm just like I don't understand how you don't understand (laughs) you know that's one of my things don't understand how you don't understand that every body everybody is accepted <laughs> like well bless your little heart exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness yeah. um so how did you learn like as a kid or did you learn as a kid what happens during the birth process um I learned when I was three years old because my dad um got a book out <laughs> yeah um we 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 learned about everything 
Yeah, at, at, at like three. So <laughs> with the book. Well, there you go. Yeah, with the book and everything. And both my parents were nurses. But I, I remember vividly sitting down and I was just like crouched down. And he's like turning through this book. And I, I don't even know what kind of book it was. But I mean, it was it was intense. And yeah, like and I was sitting there thinking, why do I have to learn about this? I'm a little kid. Like, grown-ups do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I was very young learning what everything was. Yeah. Uh, I'm not proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> I probably was not ready for that at all. No, no, no. Not. So, like, not teaching my kids at three. Sorry. <laughs> they can ask me. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just going to say so is there like a certain way that you have approached or like plan to approach that topic with your kids, the topic of birth? Well, they they understand that they were cut out of me. Mm -hmm. That's that's the way that they know that birth happens right now. Mm -hmm. They don't understand a vaginal birth at all. And mm -hmm. they just understand that my incision is my smiley face and that I am happy that they came from there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how, well, that's how they've portrayed it as. Yeah, well, that's uh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. And that's mommy's boo-boo. So. <laughs> nice. <Yeah. laughs> So Sounds like they have a good relationship with your scar. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Um, nice. Yeah, there's still not very much, there, there's no privacy in our house at all. And, you know, sometimes <laughs> I think about, you know, some of my friends are like, oh, well, you know, my, my three-year-old's getting too old. Like, you know, they can't, they can't see me, you know, anymore. And I'm like, oh, crap like my eight-year-old does and I'm like now am I wrong again you know and like, am, I, am I failing at parenting you know and it's like well you know maybe he'll be respectful you know in the future so I mean yeah it's yeah. all kid-led is really the way that we're approaching it so yeah yeah and yeah questions start happening and and I honestly don't know when in school they start teaching sex ed and all that so I mean I, I, I well don't. like you were saying in the south sometimes they do things a little bit differently but um you know I was born and raised in California and here they did teach us in fifth grade and sixth grade and then I think ninth grade. So like those, they took those three years and did like a health, sex health thing. Yeah. 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 And who knows what it's going to be like when, when it's taught to them and what I'm going to have to probably correct. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know? Yeah. I know. It's, it's rough out there. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is because I and, and some of the things that I've heard and that I've been educated from my students at the studio is that they're not they're they're not good about teaching anything with the transgender world or non-binary, and so they're completely excluded, which is completely unfair and you know there's like there's this way and there's this way and that is it and even I'm probably gonna go off on a tangent I'm sorry but <laughs> go for it <laughs> I, I have a former student who is now in college and they identify as they and so I have I learned so much from them and it, it was oh my gosh the best experience ever going from having them as she from fifth grade through ninth grade and then transitioning mm -hmm. and them telling me that even when they have 
told they had told their professors I don't know how many times that you know it's like well you little girl you need to come here and it was like can you please you know I I've asked you multiple times to say that mm-hmm. you know or them and or MX please and there's just not there's not much leniency so that's why I feel like I don't know. Maybe things will be different in a few years when Ben starts learning, hopefully. But th- there's not anything extra that should be taught. Yeah, hopefully yeah. it will be. And if it's not, I mean, obviously, you know, you can teach them whatever and however you want in your own home. Right. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe you can petition the school or I don't know if you felt so inclined or something like that if they weren't teaching the right stuff I mean I certainly didn't learn about gender and sexuality and like that kind of thing and I went to a district that's at the time that I went was supposedly like one of the best districts in the nation Mm -hmm. and they did not teach that kind of stuff they basically taught you know if you have sex you'll you have a chance of getting pregnant and you have a chance of getting a disease. Yeah. <laughs> that yep. was yep. pretty much the extent of it. <laughs> so use a condom kids. Okay. Bye. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And that it's like, Ooh, it's dirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Yeah. And, and it being the South, it's, you know, there's a lot of prudeness in things. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, So if you could sum up your most recent birth experience in three words, what would you say? I know this is a hard question because you have a whole birth story and everything, but (laughs) I just thought, you know, let's tighten that up to three words and see how that feels. Okay. Yeah. Magical. Sad. I'm trying to think of the perfect word here. Hold on. Um, completion. Hmm. Which part of the process felt magical for you? I know it's weird, but, and, and all I know is C-sections, but it's like the last few kicks the last few contractions because I was still having contractions before going in Mm -hmm. and that has always been my favorite part (laughs) (laughs) and so it's like that it's that magic and then all of a sudden it's like it goes away and that's where the sadness comes in (laughs) yeah (laughs) because I know because at the time with everything it's like I knew that that was the last time I was going to like, I'm going to cry ever like feel that again. Yeah. Yeah. Because I love being pregnant. (laughs) I love, I like, yeah, I think it's the most magical thing in the world. Yeah. 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 And you got four awesome kiddos out of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so it is totally magic. Like mm-hmm. it's miraculous the way that it even happens and like how, how many things have to come together just for like conception. And then all of that, like 
you know, all the processes and stuff and all the things that have to continue to go correctly in order to like sustain a full like term pregnancy and then all the other things that have to happen for that baby to like come out and (laughs) be here and then all the other things for that to have that have to happen for them to like grow up and it's just it's so crazy yeah and that's why it's like oh them being them being inside of you and it's they're they're protected Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you're like I have to keep this thing alive <laughs> yeah <laughs> what am I like, doing <laughs> I know and they're like yeah. running around licking the paint off the walls and you're just like I don't know <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like oh man you fell down and busted your head again I, 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 I did tell you to stop jumping on the bed someone's gonna get hurt don't jump on the bed someone's gonna get hurt <laughs> Were you jumping on the bed? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't listen to you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but mommy's right. <laughs> like, bring out that old school chalkboard. That's right. Mom's right 400 times. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. Which of your... um four postpartum experiences was your favorite if you had a favorite probably Amelia's because I was actually home and since we were on lockdown I actually got to be here and yes I was juggling the studio and literally two weeks before I had her I was pivoting the whole business on not being in person to online and training all my instructors. And I mean, I was even troubleshooting Zoom while I was in recovery 20 minutes after getting out of the OR and Amelia's attached, finally latched. And (laughs) then I'm trying to troubleshoot this and Matt tells the nurse, can you give her just a second before you come in and do, you know, the fundal, you know, massage? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, she she's trying to work through something with work. And they're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm not kidding. You just come back in five minutes and then you can check her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so a little bit of a workaholic. But, you know, I was able to do that at home, which was great. So that was definitely my favorite because the temperature was warming up and I could be outside and I I, I just got to be with all of my kids a lot more. And yeah, yeah, I got to be with, yeah, with her and just wear her all the time. It was awesome. (laughs) That's great. If you could write a book about childbirth, what would it be called? Hmm. Probably <laughs> Katie's discombobulated thoughts on the birthing process. <laughs> it is discombobulating uh-huh. and magical and yes. sad and complete and all the things. Yes. <laughs> if you could write a book about parenting, what would that one be called? Chaos at its finest. Yeah, <laughs> parenting. Yep. That's the best. <laughs> and I would just journal. That's all I would do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like chaos at its finest, and they open it up, and it's just like lined pages. Like what? <laughs> There's no yeah. words in there. <laughs> it might be like, oh, here's like video, or yeah, it would have to be. Oh, it would be cool if it was, you know, like a Kindle version. But where you could go in and you could pop up the videos, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, this is the day of this. And, oh, this kid has poop all over their hands. Fantastic. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I just yeah. had my house cleaned. And literally you went and took a poop on the toilet and smeared poop all over. Like this happened yesterday. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
because I had my sitter come in and clean during preschool, and the boys' bathroom was immaculate. Harvey goes in to go and take a poop, and he goes, Mommy, I pooped in the potty, and I'm like, yay, and he's like, wipe my butt. Okay, let's go wipe your butt. And no kidding, there is crap all over the clean toilet seat. And I was like, Denise, I just cleaned that whole toilet. Look what you did. I'm sorry, I cleaned it. No, 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 no. I will clean it, not you. Then you're going to have even more poop all over everything and all over your butt, all over your hands. Nope, nope, nope. Yep. And then that would just be a picture in the book. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. just the picture. Just like no words but out of context just this picture of like poop smeared on the toilet and like a mom talking to her kid all sternly yep. like what is going on in this picture yes face palm <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right last question do you have any words of wisdom encouragement or support for other parents out there really just go with the flow and don't care what other people think of your parenting style. Don't feel like people are judging you because more than likely you're doing a better job than they are. (laughs) I mean, really enjoy the little moments and I mean, as people tell me, the the younger years seem long, but you're going to miss them. And then I start <laughs> crying because then I want them all to be babies again. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. They should have, you know, like those cat cafes. They should totally have like newborn cafes. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. get to go in and like hold a bunch of babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I've decided to do is whenever I have baby fever again is hopefully post COVID and we can go back into the NICU. I'm just going to be a volunteer and go and hold babies that need yes. it. Like that's really, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I'll just get my baby fix. I mean, that's one other reason why I'm working in the preschool as well, not only just because I need the money, but, and I get a nice discount on tuition for my children to be there. Yes. But I work in the youngest baby's room, which they have just turned one until maybe like 20 months old. Some of them might turn two by the end of, you know, the school year. But then I'm like, oh, I get, I get part of my, you know, younger you know kid fix so mm-hmm. and I yeah. can take them back even though baby yeah back because I love the snuggles yeah I know uh, I want to be a NICU baby cuddler no oh, yeah baby no. cuddler kidnapper what I don't yeah. know is there a difference I don't know but <laughs> just be a for the little ones again <laughs> I know I know Oh, so you work with kids that are like Yamaya's age. Yamaya's 19 months now. And it's fun because they start, you know, learning, learning their speech, but then they're learning their colors and their shapes. And yeah, when they start, you know, trying to say purple, oh my gosh, it's (laughs) world. I know. I'm having a lot of fun with her at this age. It's fun. And then, I mean, even their gross motor skills and because mm-hmm. I use a lot of my movement background for our class oh yeah and you know just watching them crawl through a tunnel and yeah we had one child who came to us at 19 months old and was not walking refused to walk Aww. and so I pulled out every trick I had I brought in all my props from the studio and within three weeks, she was walking. Nice. Yes. So That's exciting. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview with me. It was so much fun. And I miss you. I haven't seen you in so long. I know. It's been like eight and a half years because that's how we've done it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, no, we saw, yeah, I was going to say we saw each other the one time. Yes. 
we went and got Mexican food. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was May yeah. 2019. Ooh. Man. Yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> Alrighty. Yep. Well, I hope to see you at some point in life again yeah. <laughs> post COVID. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I was nervous, but. Oh, I was too. <laughs> I was too, just because it's my first interview. Not because I'm nervous to talk to you, of course. <laughs> but and then, and then sometimes I'm like, I don't know how I should be talking. <laughs> I know. And I don't act. <laughs> right. And I feel like I'm going to go back to this recording in the editing phase and hate the sound of my own voice. <laughs> no, that, that's why I said, you, because I, I sound different in my head than I do on here, so when right. I listen to it, I'll be like, is that what I sound like? No! I know. <laughs> I swear I'm an adult. <laughs> I know, I know, but you know what? Whatever. <laughs> exactly. Say it is what it is. All right, girl, well, thanks for coming on. Have a good night. This segment is called Room for Cream. In the middle of all the intensity life can bring, there's still room for the creamy moments that bring a little sweetness to life. This short segment highlights these moments. If you'd like to share your Room for Cream stories, please write us at cwppodcast at gmail.com. For my Room for Cream story this episode, I'm actually going to share a poem I wrote. It's called New Pathways. Trigger here, trigger there, trigger, trigger, everywhere. And there's that sweet little laugh. Body keeps the score, body hits the floor, body knows best, sometimes this body knows no rest. And there's your big, full body, remember me now because I won't be here forever, squeeze. Nervous system jarred, but my heart is not hard. Morning snuggles, evening laughter, midday smiles, Let's stay here for a while. That was the Room for Cream segment. If you'd like to share your Room for Cream stories, please write us at cwppodcast at gmail.com. There are some other segments we will be doing as well, which I'll explain here in case you'd like to write in for those. Light Roast is a segment that highlights funny or embarrassing parenting stories. Dark Roast is a segment that will only happen every once in a while when it feels imperative to make a special note about major events happening in the world. There's always so much going on all the time, of course, but once in a while I'll do a short segment making a statement about cultural events. Spill the Beans is a segment for questions. Is this normal? Does anyone else feel this way? How do I navigate this? If you have questions like that, write in and I'll answer them. Lastly, roast. Roast is a segment where we roast or poke fun at our parents for their parenting quirks that really put the fun in dysfunctional. If you have a parenting story that leaves room for cream, a light and funny or embarrassing story, a question about anything, conception, adoption, pregnancy, birth, or parenting related, or you just wanna roast your parents, write in anonymously or non-anonymously to cwppodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to Coffee with Parents. If you are a Black or Indigenous-owned business, we would love to give a free shout-out with zero financial or other commitment. Please email us at cwppodcast at gmail.com. 
If you own a business and would like to purchase an ad spot during the show, please email us at cwpodcast at gmail.com. It would be an honor to give you a shout out. Thank you for your support of Coffee with Parents. Okay, human beings, that concludes episode one of season one of Coffee with Parents. Thank you for listening and love. Thanks for all your support. And special thanks to my guest, Kay, for helping me brew up this episode. Stay caffeinated.